A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Adiola Depot here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're here every single Tuesday live on TalkSport 2. Myself and the great Gareth A. Davis. If you can't join us live, remember to subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel. So much other great content there as well, such as Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and even the Mike Tyson story, The Boy from Brownsville. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. If you love your boxing, then this is most definitely the show for you. Find an extra with myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis. Today, we are going to be recapping Saturday night at the O2 Arena as Anthony Joshua made his return to the ring and picked up his first win since December 2020 by beating Jermaine Franklin on points. We're going to break down his performance and see what's changed under Derek James and discuss, is it really the end of the world that he didn't deliver a knockout like so many predicted he would? Uh, we'll also be hearing from the man himself and discussing who should he fight next. Dillian White, Tyson Fury. We're going to assess the landscape in the heavyweight division following the fight. It looks like Alexander Usyk may take on Daniel Dubois. And could we see an announcement of Conor Ben versus Chris Eubank Jr. later this week? We'll get the latest from Gareth on if that fight is still on track to go ahead. Conor Ben was ringside on Saturday night, as some of you may have seen. All right, this is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Stop rapping and re-offended. You know when the chatting is mending. And now entering the arena, AJ Anthony Joshua. There goes the opening bell. Joshua quickly to that middle of the ring. Protects himself. Lead left uppercut there from Joshua. But Franklin comes flying forward over on the far side. And this is getting very interesting. At some point, someone's going to get caught. Lovely left uppercut. Lead there from Anthony Joshua, followed by right hand. But look at Jermaine Franklin come straight back. Whiskers of Anthony Joshua. He lands a big uppercut on Franklin. Looks a bit wobbly. Joshua with the uppercut on the near side, just trying to create that space. The winner by unanimous decision, Anthony Joshua. Gareth, welcome, my man. How are you? You know, Gareth, I saw so many people on Saturday evening at the O2 Arena who came up to me and said, man, I love your podcast with Gareth A. Davis. We, we get a lot of love out there, Gareth. You do, and, you know, we're very prominent now with TalkSport, and thanks to them and, and all the other things that you and I do. Mm. Um, it is really nice to get into the milieu of um, these big fight weeks um, yeah. and, uh, and, and feel... Um, I get the get the just get the feedback from people, you know. And um, mm. there's a lot of hate out there online and on the Twitter sphere, and sometimes now on Instagram. And you know, to be amongst the real fans, yeah, uh, is yeah. is fantastic. They're the people that pay money to go to the events that that want to be around it and want a genuine discussion. I mean, I had probably 25 discussions with different people on Saturday night. Mm. Some brief, others not. Some just got the microphone slapped. They didn't want to speak to me. But we'll go into that a little bit later about Mr. Conor Ben, of course. No, we certainly will. Let's uh, talk about the big man, AJ. Firstly, great to see him back at the O2. Uh, we haven't seen the O2 packed for, if you like, a real boxing fight since what? Since hey, the Misfits. Venue? Since the Misfits. Yeah, yeah, since the Misfits. But it was, it's, it's a different kind of crowd, isn't it, with AJ? But, I mean, you saw some of the celebrities ringside. That's what AJ brings out. Um, what did you make of his performance, Gareth? I mean, you've been very honest with your assessment of AJ over the last couple of years, what did you make of that performance? I think I've been honest about my assessment with him since I've known him. And yep, then that goes sure, back yeah. to when he was 19, back in, mm-hmm. you know, I first met him in about 2010. I'm, he's always struck me as an outstanding individual, um, an exemplary figure, uh, a character who is totemic for for the hipster generation, the early 30s generation. And one of my children is, is that age. And... Um, you know, they're a very interesting generation. They've grown up. Um, every generation has its feel and um, he's a superb guy. Um, you know, there are aspects of 
his boxing, where he's questioning himself in really good ways as much as we question what we want from him. And look, here's my feeling about it. Um, I'm really pleased he won. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a fairly dominant victory if you look at the boxing match. Yeah. Um, which, I, which one would have expected it to be. But I want to question, and I kind of think about it afterwards with a bit of dust settling, that it was with a new trainer for this fight, the third different trainer in a row uh, for the last three fights. And and first of all, like I, I was penning a column Sunday by about midday asking about where was the power, the destructive force, the knockout statement from the two-time former heavyweight champion. The power's there, we know that. But it's the how he applies... Those punches, the strategy, the game plan, the big jab, and then obviously the one-two, but where are the combinations? And he's definitely not, and I've said this a couple of times already, he's definitely not the guy who between 2015 and 2018 was a carefree wrecking ball who threw his hands um, and knocked out Dillian White or stopped Dillian White, stopped Vladimir Klitschko, stopped Alexander Povetkin in that run of seven bludgeoning seven of eight opponents in a row mm -hmm. he's a different fighter now um heavyweight boxing has always been about thrills and spills and about knockouts the big men more weight carries more power um underlining the laws of physics and the thrill of heavyweight boxing has always been that excitement and i've got to be honest as part of the commentary team for talk sport on saturday night eddie I was up out of my seat when he was attacking a few times, particularly towards the end. And then the, the, the durable survivor that Franklin is, he countered, he landed, and AJ retreated back a couple of paces and back into his shell. Um, we saw the very best of Anthony Joshua at times on Saturday night. We saw his vulnerabilities. We saw the old AJ at times. We saw the new AJ. I do think, it really is a new dawn. I think there's going to be an evolution with Derek James. And my feeling is, regardless of what they say, and I've always said this to you, yeah, and I've been around it in a, for a long time, don't believe what they tell you, believe what you know. And my feeling is, because of his appetite to stay in this sport, they're not going to rush him into the big fights right now. Yeah, um, it, look, it, at times on Saturday, it was, it was a safety first approach from AJ and that kind of confused me because again, we all saw him at the weigh-in, the heaviest he's ever been. Uh, there's a lot of talk about Derek James being maybe um, bringing out a different type of aggression in AJ. So maybe they kind of tricked us. I expected an AJ to be almost pushing Franklin back to the ropes. There was times when they almost tied up and, and clinched up. And I was thinking, okay, this is when AJ is gonna show him how big he is. I'm gonna outman you, push you to the ropes and bash you up. And it, it never really came. And it, it was almost, when Franklin made it into a, okay, let's just have it. Let's just fight. It was AJ that kind of said, okay, no, let's retreat a bit. Let's not get into this kind of fist fight. So, so that approach surprised me. And you said it there. This is the new AJ. And I, I wonder if this is just it. You know, we saw Klitschko morph into this after his couple of defeats against Lamont Brewster and Samuel Peter. And then Klitschko almost was like safety first. Let me just have a long career. And it was a very, very good career. And I wonder if that's now going to be the new AJ mm. and whether or not fans are going to like to watch this new AJ. And that's key, isn't it? Because again, this is the guy that does stadiums and we just about did the arena on Saturday. So I think this is it. I think this is what this guy will be. Although I do want to see him with Derek James for two or three more fight camps and see, because I saw little improvements defensively look quite good. But I, I just think this is the fighter now that we're going to have for the next two or three years if he is in the game for that long I don't expect much to change maybe a bit more aggression but I do think it'll be a safety first approach now well styles make fights and he'll have a different strategy for every opponent where I will say I was very impressed and the reason why we we're all saying and it's conventional boxing wisdom that we were going on here weighing in at a career highest of 254 pounds 18 stone two or something I think it is oh, yeah um it had um, indicated that they hadn't been concerned about going for a long fight but having said that i thought his stamina and his fitness were extraordinary by the yeah. way there was yes. no gassing midway franklin was very clever in the first four or five rounds that's where i worried mostly for aj because it, there were 
His counters and his timing were just not there. Franklin made himself a small target, which was difficult for him. Um, he experimented with a left uppercut at times and the odd left mm-hmm. hook. But I think, I don't know if this is just it. Look, against someone like Tyson Fury, if he steps in there, against someone like Deontay Wilder, against someone like Joe Joyce, he's got to meet them in the middle. He has no choice but to do that stylistically. Mm. Mm. If they put him in now with Dillian White, I think he beats Dillian White. Dillian, Dillian will give grab me for this, but I think he knocks Dillian White out. I think it'll be a battle royal between those two. Don't mind yeah. seeing that fight. It's a great fun. North, South, London-esque animosity. You know, <laughs> the, 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 the victory for, for Dillian in, in the amateurs, the victory for Anthony at the O2 Arena on a coruscatingly exciting night against Dillian in the, in, the, in the first pro fight they had together. But it wouldn't surprise me, Eddie, apart from Dillian White, especially as he's, ju- especially as he's just signed a deal with DAZN, and they will have sighed uh, with relief on Saturday night, as would have Eddie Hearn. Barry Hearn, I spoke to, who was brilliant on it, and he was saying to me, let the market dictate. Don't rush. And he's right. He's been there a long time. Um, mm. And, you know, you don't have to do it all now. There's this great demand at the moment for, from every expert in every armchair we want this fight now. We want that fight now. It wouldn't surprise me if they put him in with an Otto Valin or a Tom Schwartz. Taller heavyweights or more upright. That would suit AJ for a couple of fights, you know? So he could mm. impose the jab and he could go uh, with them. Um, as to your point about... Because the stamina and fitness were, were... I was very, very impressed with. I was also unimpressed with the way he behaved afterwards. I've got to say that. Um just didn't get that i just i I still don't get it he didn't explain it either in my view um what i like about him is his ego is still strong his ego and his desire is still strong and while that's still strong he can still rebuild and move towards those big title fights tyson fury is an end game fight it's the richest fight that he can have it probably makes him 50 million now for a man who I'm guesstimating. I have not looked inside Anthony's bank account. I haven't him put it this way. We hear this is a man with a hundred million pounds in his business, in himself. Plus. Pl- yeah. Plus. He doesn't need to do it anymore. I don't know if this is... There's a tentativeness. There are probably psychological scars there. A big knockout. And those big hands landing and knocking someone out could change his outlook and change his perspective. Saturday mm. night didn't do that for him. He was clipped too many times on counters. And as, as you've said and I've said, he's retreated back into his shell. Um, I like the feel of Derek James. I think he should have let him off the leash a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, he was clearly fighting to game plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's good for British boxing. He's good Very for the global scene. He's good for your job with the zone. He's good mm-hmm. for our jobs with Talk Sport. He is a fascinating character. That was one of the most intriguing nights, even though it was underwhelming to a lot of us. Even though we, you interviewed him in the ring, I interviewed him in the ring as well afterwards, within 20 minutes of the fight. That's a great privilege we both have. We felt his energy we're, we're, we're one of three or four people that got to do it straight off the fight mm-hmm. it is a deep privilege in the sport to do that because yes. I yes. genuinely felt his disappointment yes genuinely 100%. felt it really deeply yeah. and I went with the team back to the Intercontinental the fight hotel afterwards and we were all there having a little drink afterwards it was a hard night's work hard night's labour and we all felt a little bit flat and I reckon he did as well yeah, um, you are correct. Uh, final one on this. Uh, I, I think, look, you've been watching boxing for nearly as long as I've been alive. <laughs> Every time I see a fighter coming towards the end, they they don't let their hands go as much. I remember Shane Mosley almost getting in position. I'm thinking, let your hands go. Klitschko against Fury. Let your hands go. AJ's punch up has slowed down. It, it was there to see on Saturday. Is that, again, is that a fear of what's coming back? So he's defensively got the high guard or is that a case of overthinking? Like, you know, I'm overthinking what I'm doing. If I let my hands go, I'm not quite sure what, what's going to happen next. What is that? 
Well, I mean, you know, sitting next to Spencer Oliver, all that, Spencer knows him really well, and Spencer's obviously been in the ring, and I, you know, I do my research, and I do my student of the game stuff and talk to people, and it's just scar tissue. It's scar mm. tissue from, from the career. It's scar tissue from um, psychological scar tissue that that is there from being outboxed twice by Usyk, by being knocked down four times by Andy Ruiz, a smaller man who did that. It, he really reminded me of Andy Ruiz earlier in that fight. Yes, because he did. and and he tried to play it down. I mean, he was always going to be Joshua's bet noir in this fight because he was preying on. He said, "I'm a different style to Andy Ruiz," but he was preying on that. I did a couple of chats with Franklin. All the things that were in his favour. Look at the way he walked out. It was a win-win for for Jermaine Franklin. A year ago, he's walking working in a wire wool factory, twelve-hour shifts, support his family. 72 hours a week doing mm. barely training that you know um Dillian White and 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 the fight with AJ were his first full camps that he'd done he looked in superb shape they had yes. the game plan make yourself a small target and punch with him which is what he did when AJ attacked he punched with him and he did exactly what he needed to do it pushed AJ back because he thought about Andy Ruiz it's scar tissue that hesitancy comes from that it may it may always be that but we don't know yeah, we, we certainly don't. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, we are going to discuss Gareth's encounter with Conor Ben on Saturday night and discuss that we're going to see that fight we're hearing about with Chris Eubank Jr., which could be announced this week. We'll also discuss some of the new names added to Matchroom's roster this week. Jack Cattrall, Sonny Edwards, uh, both linking up now with Eddie Hearn. But next up, we are going to discuss the landscape now in the heavyweight division following Saturday night. The winner decision Anthony Joshua it wasn't a knockout and I feel like the fact like the people are bored of 12 rounders man do you know what I mean they're bored of 12 rounders it's annoying don't forget he's coming off those two defeats he was in a tough place he needed to bank those rounds tonight I was really pleased with his engine I think he'll have the self-belief back again I can do it and the one fight that will do that for him is Dillian White if he goes into a really big fight against someone like Fury then maybe that is what he needs it'll be an honour to get Tyson Fury or Wilder I can see how he beats the top three which is obviously Fury first then Usyk and then Deontay Wilder I don't see how he wins and, and that's the problem it has to come back it's as simple as that if it doesn't then he's not going to be able to beat any of them all right Gareth um, let, let's play matchmaker if we can for Anthony Joshua he put on Instagram that he'll be back in 12 weeks so he's saying he'll be back in the summer if you were in team AJ so not the biggest fight. We're not looking at the biggest financial fight, but the best fight for him going forward. Give me your top three. What are the three fights you think make sense for Anthony Joshua? Well, I think Dillian White clearly makes sense. It's, it's a fight with natural fire under it. They just need to light the torch paper, a touch paper, and, yeah. and, and let it burn, baby. Bunsen burning, baby. Um, <laughs> it really is. Dillian was there saying he'd lost the killer instinct, and it's all set up. For those two to trade hands, trade leather, big time. Um, AJ doesn't like him. Dillian, you know, doesn't like Anthony Joshua. Mm. So that 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 is a blockbuster in my view. They might be able to take it to a stadium in the summer. I don't. I'm not sure it's a Wembley stadium, but it might be a, a stadium of sorts. But again, I don't think. I don't think they'll take that to the O2 because it's bigger than that. They can build it. Tottenham, maybe? Tottenham, 60,000? Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Mm. Because mm. kind of half an hour before AJ walked in, I was talking about empty seats in there. Um, Barry Hearn told me 14,000 out of 17,000 sold. Now, that was full when he walked out. Amazing atmosphere. Da, 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 da. Love it. Absolutely love it. It's a brilliant atmosphere. He, he's fascinating. He's absolutely fascinating. So him and Dillian White, um, and I think a Tom Schwartz or an Otto Valin, um, I think that's what I'd say. I mean, that's not what I want, but if I was promoting him right now, I wouldn't give him an endgame fight with, with Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, or, um, or Joe Joy. Because I think... If Anthony suffered a catastrophic knockout, I think that would be the end of him. And this is a guy who, promotionally, 
Eddie Hearn, Matrim, and Dazone will want to long out, if I can use that kind of building expression, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, as long as possible. So if they can elongate his career, they'll do that. And so those are my three. That's what I would do. Can, can, I, can I chuck a, a middle yeah. one in there as well? So you've got your end game ones. You're right. Your Wilder, Joyce, and your Fury. You've got, and I, I think you're right. I mean, if Fury can fight Tom Schwartz and AJ Shaw can have a go, there's a middle one that I wouldn't mind seeing, and that's the trilogy fight between Andy Ruiz. Now, it's a style that is obviously difficult for AJ, but in terms of a sell, it's an easy sell. They're one apiece. Um, we know that Ruiz is a free agent, supposedly. You're shaking your head. You don't like that fight for AJ, do you, stylistically? No, it's, it's, it's a little guy. The, big, the, three yeah. big, the three big fights for him yeah. in his life, um, the three big fights that are worth 120 million quid to him are Joe Joyce, Anthony Joyce, um, uh, Joe Joyce, Tyson Fury, and Jonte Wilder. And they're all really big guys. They're 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six plus. So for him mm. to have to punch down again, you saw how many times he missed with the right hand uh, against, yeah. um, and even the jab going over the top. Andy Ruiz would, would go back and reset, make himself a small target, and he'd throw with AJ. That blueprint's there for the small heavyweight. Listen, I don't disagree with you. Um, and, you know, he was comprehensively out-jabbed when he weighed 19 and a half, 20 stone in that second fight in Diria, Saudi Arabia, in, in late 2019. Um, but yeah, I mean, but I just don't... If I was his promoter, I wouldn't pack, put him back in there with him because Ruiz can box. He can box, Yes, you know? No, you're right. He really can. Um, all right, that, that's Anthony Joshua out of the way. Obviously, the landscape in the heavyweight divisions changed quite a lot in the last few weeks with the announcement of Tyson Fury versus Alexander Usyk being off. We are hearing about the WBA trying to make, or at least let talks begin between uh, Alexander Usyk and Daniel Dubois. Um, it's a fight I don't like for Dubois, but I understand why Dubois would want it. Why would you not why want don't to you like it? Why don't you like it? Make a lot of money. I feel like Dubois would convincingly be beaten. Convincingly. And you know what scares me about Dubois? I still feel there's a bit of scar tissue mentally from Joe Joyce. And I think I saw it against Kevin Lorena when he got clipped. And I feel like you could damage him early. And he's so young. You could damage him early if you put him in there with someone like Alexander Usyk that is still very, very special. And that's my only fear. Look, Dubois, you know, he's got the engine. He's young. He's fresh. He... There's no he's fear got a puncher's there, chance. Alexander he's Usyk got a puncher's is... chance. Yeah. He gets outboxed by Usyk and maybe even stopped if Usyk really goes for it. But he's got a puncher's chance. Let's talk about the lineal champion. Everyone else seems to have matchups that they're, they're making. We're even hearing Deontay Wilder versus Francis Ngannou, for example. Usyk, we just spoke about Dubois, AJ White. We're not quite sure what's going on with Hergovic, but there seems to be no dance partner right now for Tyson Fury. Does that mean Tyson Fury sits it out now, you're thinking, until November, no, December? No, doesn't need does to. Look, do we've got a fight he... in, in 10 days somewhere between Joe Joyce and Julie Zhang. You know? Joy, Joy. Mm. You're telling me you think he, he fights might. the winner? He might. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I mean, if Tyson Fury fights Joe Joyce, he, take he, my money. He, he, take look, my money. He fought in... April last year, Wembley. He fought in December. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. He doesn't need to fight till about, I think, July. Yeah, July? exactly. Spot on. About yeah. July. And he'll have one in July because he's looking at Usyk in November, December in in Saudi. Or Joshua. If Joshua wins a couple. I feel like you know something. See, See, when you do this, for those that are listening and not watching this. When you do this, your facial reactions, I feel like the, the stuff that you know that's going on, <laughs> look at that little smirk. Well, th this, th <laughs> this, is why, you know. this is why, I mean, in, in all jest, I, I, when I was on the way in show with White and Jordan last week, I was referring to Simon Jordan, who I think is great for boxing because he likes to pinpoint the, the, the holes in the sport. And there are a lot of holes in the sport. And I've been around that those holes for a long time. I've been around them and reports on them, gone back to the hole. It's very hard to change. That's why I call him the Cape Crusader last week because he didn't, like he, that. Did. he didn't mind at all. He, you know, no, I saw I'll his stop face it. change. Stop so it. He's a big boy. He can save that kind of thing. It was a bit of fun. Listen, it's not, yeah. it's not like being called Roy Orbison or, or dressing like Shawadi. We know a lot of things that are going on in the backgrounds. Um, and we don't always say them because. We watch how the 
power broking and the chess game is going on. Not because we think that that should happen, but that is what's happening behind the scenes. The pieces are being moved around. I think Usyk may end up fighting Deontay Wilder now, which yes. is a fantastic fight. Yeah. But if Frank Warren and Krasiuk get it over the line, it probably will be Usyk uh, and, and Daniel Dubois. But I know that they're having talks with Wilder as well. Do you think then that there's any chance, because some people have said, and again, you, you'll probably know more about this than I do. Some people have said that Tyson Fury's people got on to Eddie Hearn immediately after the, the Joshua fight on Saturday and said, Let, let's let's have a conversation. Let's do something. A any truth in that? Do, do you, Is there anything in your wildest dreams that you can see where AJ goes straight in with Tyson in Fury? In my wildest dreams, and I don't have that many wild dreams anymore, yeah? Certainly not in the heavyweight division because it's very hard to predict when you move Pawn to Knight 3 or when you move Bishop out to try and start the, the checkmate process. There's other moving parts as well. Other people are five moves ahead. So there's a lot of play going on at the moment. I, I, I In my heart of hearts, I would love... Fury and Joshua to fight late summer at Wembley Stadium. And it'll be worth so much. It'll be the richest pay-per-view event ever. The richest fight ever in Britain. But they need almost need a two-fight deal if one of them doesn't get knocked out. What? Hmm. I don't think... Unless AJ says... Yes, I'm doing it, and and this is an end game. And if I don't win this, or I get knocked out, or I get embarrassed by Fury, I'm done. Or, or yeah, with if he takes his courage with him, and he pulls off an amazing event and knocks Fury out, or Fury ages in that fight. Yeah, exactly. Listen, anything can happen in the heavyweight division. Anything can happen. Happen in boxing. I pick Fury to stop him. Eight, nine, ten rounds. Yeah. You know, pick him apart with a telescopic jab, confuse him, bamboozle him a little bit. Have a couple of hairy moments where Joshua thinks, bugger this, I'm going to give it to you. Yeah. And traps the aging Fury for a couple of moments with a few rounds. I want drama. Don't get me wrong. I want drama. Who does? If I, Who I think it's a little bit too soon in the end game if you look at the abilities at an elite level of the both men, you know? Um, mm. So, look, it's fascinating. In in my wildest dreams, yes, it may happen. But in, in, in my, in my, yeah, in uh, my cynical so mind that has watched boxing since I was 10, 50-odd years, um, I don't think it will happen right now. Yeah, okay. Well, let's hope that in this occasion... <laughs> Could be wrong. Let's hope. We'll see. All right, you listen to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Coming up, we are going to discuss Sonny Edward and Jack Cattrall linking up with Matchroom and what it does for their world title hopes. We'll also talk and have some big breaking news as well about a world title shot uh, in the cruiserweight division for one of our favorites. But up next, we're going to see if a Ben Eubank Jr. announcement can happen this week. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I will look at fights for Conor Ben. And I will make a decision on where that fight will take place. I will also actively speak to Connor and the British Boxing Board of Control about going through the process to ensure that he gets A, a fair hearing, and two, he tries to be able to box in this country. The Ben matter is something that we have been approached on for the summer. You know, still at very, very early stages. And, you know, we're obviously looking at the whole situation, what's going on there exactly ourselves. But we have to focus just on Chris Eubank Jr. I want to make the Chris Eubank Jr. fight. These guys have been going at it to each over the last couple of weeks. For me as a promoter, I know I know the build-up will be sensational. He's not, he's not signed to fight Smith, no. no. And the money's two or three times what he'd get to fight Liam Smith. Welcome back to Final Extra. Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis. Uh, Gareth, I just want to... Just, let's just the elephant in the room what happened with you and Mr. Connor Ben Saturday night let's get it from the horse's mouth a lot of people like to talk it was you that went up to him it was you that approached him I saw him backstage I didn't I didn't say a word we, we didn't we didn't really cross paths like that it was from a distance you did approach him why did you approach him and what happened when well, you approached him well I was him? probably I, I must have done probably 10 interviews as I do on the show I do my wonder um, Barry Hearn. Yeah. And by the way, that's a fantastic one. Honestly, I'll, I'll say it again for those that are listening at the back. What you do on a fight night is incredibly difficult to do. To, to go up to people and to get backstage and ringside and on the apron and that there is as tough as it gets. To get people who are watching a fight and engrossed in a fight to then have a conversation with you and Honestly, I, I can't applaud you enough. I'm there watching you. I'm not watching the fight sometimes. I'm actually watching you. Like, where's Gareth? Oh, he's over there with, with who? Who's that? Is that is, is that him trying to get an interview with Wilfred Zahar? I, I find it fascinating. So well done well, to you. Well, listen, it's one of the most enjoyable aspects of my job because I'm using a journalistic, not taking no for an answer, which I'll come to in a minute. And yeah. um, and just yeah. feeling on. And we're on a big fight week when you've been around it all week. The red carpet on the Monday press conference on the Wednesday, the weigh-in. You know all the protagonists. You've been around them and around them, around all the teams. You know, and I know, I know so many people, of course, in the whole industry. And I, I am so focused doing it, and I love it. And, um, you know, going from Barry Hearn to Eddie Hearn. Well, I watched the Eddie... I interviewed Eddie Hearn early on while he was watching the Ammo Williams fight. So we were kind of him up out of his seat, screaming at Ammo Williams, hey, by, by the way, looks terrific prospect. Terrific prospect. Yeah, and so prospect. So I'm wandering yeah. over to that v, VIP area. Thank you for reminding me of the name of that footballer I interviewed, Wilfred Zaha. Um, yeah. Crystal Palace, yeah? yeah? Well, I was able yeah, to do my imitation yeah. of Woy because, and I did it to him weirdly. I said, you know, about Woy taking yeah. over as, as uh, manager. Because I used to ghost Woy's columns in the Telegraph years ago, yeah? And so yeah. I always remember Woy's yeah. voice. Good little girl, how are you? You know? And and because he's a fantastic man, Roy Hodgson. And it was lovely to meet Wilfred Zaha. And sitting two yeah. rows behind Wilfred Zaha, who, who thank you, Wilfred, for doing the interview. Everyone enjoyed it. Because um, I was told by the guys, you know me, I'm not a particularly big football guy. Why did he come off at halftime? Was he happy that Roy made him, made him captain for the day? All of that kind of stuff. I spotted Connor. Or it might have been the other way around. I'd, I'd been to Connor for. I saw Connor there. He'd taken his jacket off. He was in a singlet. Was you surprised no, he was there? No, because I don't want to get anyone in trouble. But while I was doing my research, someone said, oh, 
someone's looking after Connor over there tonight. And I said, well, I'm going to go and speak to him. I haven't spoken to Connor for six months. I haven't spoken to him Jeez. since I've reached out. Nothing back. Yeah. I've yeah. had a couple of exchanges with Tony Simmons' trainer. So I went over. I squeezed between two rows. He was in VIP row three. By the way, people said that was a dig at Connor that he was in VIP row three. No, that's just where he was. So that's yeah. just yeah. But people said VIP, I was having a dig. VIP, it yeah. wasn't a dig at all. I really like Connor. I know his dad. <laughs> you know, Nigel's my age. I. I... No, no, you know what? It's funny you say that, that. There is a bit of surprise that he wasn't in a ring next to Eddie. I think maybe. Thinking about it now, there is a bit of surprise that Connor Ben wasn't in a ring somewhere. I think I'm surprised he went. Frankly, I I yeah. I'm, I I spoke about this in my other half, and we were really surprised that I, I think mm. he had a lot. I'm going to say this about Connor: a lot, a lot of courage, courage, courage to go on the night. Listen, he's a terrific mm. young man. I've 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 had him in the studio at Talk Sport. Um. I think, you know, I, I've met his, his son. Victoria's wife's gorgeous. You know, I've, I've always yeah. really had so much time for Connor. And he was, a you know, before the, the two Comerfine positives, he was on the way to being genuinely one of the biggest stars in British boxing. Anyway, to cut a long story short, Connor knows I'm, I like him. And when I went over with the microphone, I'm with Patrick D'Angelo, who does all the filming. Obviously, Patrick's filming it. We're live on air. And the boys say, and I, the boys say, where are you, G? Where are you? Ed Huntley, our producer. I said, I'm about 10 yards from Connor Ben. So I'm, I'm, they said, come on, take, them, take it off. Take it off. Go live. So I come up to Connor, and I walk up to him, and he's got his back to me. A huge security guard, six foot ten. Standing next Massive. to him. Yeah, he Massive. always snarls okay. and growls at me. He's a lovely fella, but he's always got a snarl and a growl on his face. I don't even know his name, but he's always there. You know the guy. He's lovely. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. So he's turned to face me. Connor's turned around, and I've gone, and I've put the microphone out, and Connor's put his left hand, and I think I've just swayed away as his, thankfully, the old reactions worked, swayed away as his left hand come out, and he's flipped the microphone, the microphone bulb. And and it's nearly knocked it out of my hands. wasn't an, It wasn't a, a violent uh, act of aggression. It was a don't put that in my face. I don't want to talk to you. Do, do you do you in hindsight wish that because you haven't spoken to him for six months that if there was an opportunity you would have spoken to him without the microphone backstage no, before? No, no, I've never him called him a drugs okay. cheat. You can listen back. No, 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 on, no, not at all. I've, but you know, you know I, he's anti. Yeah, but, talk but I don't care. I'm, I, I, I've never called him a drugs cheat. I don't want him to be a drugs cheat. All I've said is that twice clomiphene has tested, uh, has shown up in his system. That is what I've said. Yeah, I'm sick of this story. My view is he should go before the boxing board of control. I am doing my job. I'm doing my job at ringside, yeah. and I'm doing my job going to talk to Connor now. I moved away. They they asked me to describe it at the time. He's still eyeing me, you know, you know, for a little bit. I'm keeping an eye behind me because I don't want to be grabbed by anyone. I'm just being aware in that moment. I'm live on air. Listen, um, I'm going to look after myself, you know, because at the end of the day, we're we're in a boxing environment. I respect him, but I have a view on it, which is my job, you know. Um, mm. but. I went back to another interview, we did that, went to another interview, came back and walked along the corridor and there he was talking to a couple of fans and then he did stop me and we didn't record it. Oh. And Connor said to me, Okay. I'm upset with you. You, I thought you were my friend. You know, all the times we've been around each other and I came to talk sport and, you know, he talked about his mental health issues in that moment. And I did feel for him. I did not respond in any way because he, he was letting go. I don't have any animosity towards Connor. None. I wanted to clear his name. So, unfortunately, that was recorded then by people with cameras, you know? Um, and, and I just went back to carry on my job. Listen, I wish him well. I will be in Abu Dhabi covering that fight on June the 3rd. 
if he fights Chris Eubank or whoever. I think it's controversial. I've said the same to Eddie Hearn. I don't understand how you're going ahead with this. We don't know if it's Eubank, Chris Eubank, but we hear it is. I need to. Well, he's yeah, going to have. It is. doesn't matter if he doesn't want to speak to me. How many people are going to be asking him that question when that fight goes ahead? Everybody in the two hundred in the media. What are they going to do? Say you can't ask Connor that question. Why haven't you been in front of the boxing board of control? Why haven't you been to them to clear your name? Mm. What do you think? What do you uh, think? I I've openly said that I think. It needs to be cleared up before Conor Ben can fight mm. again. Um, I saw Robert Smith there, um, obviously General Secretary for the British Boxing Board of Control, and he kind of just whispered in my ear as well. He's like, look, it's not like he doesn't want Conor to fight. He, he, you know, he loves Conor. Exactly. He wants Conor to fight. He, he's a big fan of his Conor. But, but it sets a precedent, doesn't it? it? It's something that needs to to be cleared up before Conor can get back in the what ring. What would you have um, done if you'd gone to interview him and he'd done the same, would you have tried to go back again? Why didn't DAZN say, no. go and speak to him? I don't know. I think they got an interview with okay. him backstage, okay. but not through me. I, I saw on social media, they had him on their Instagram feed of him giving his predictions about the fight. Um, I'm not quite sure if Connor's got any animosity to me, but I'm not, I, I didn't, see him I he asked me where's Addy me where's Addy where's Addy you're such a liar no but, yeah, but, but there's yeah. one question you need to ask Connor which is why aren't you going to do your case in front of the boxing water control you'd have asked the same thing mm. you have to you ask have to the ask question if, if, you're, if you consider yourself a journalist you have to ask that question and you know as much as he might be upset with what you said Look, me and you do this show every week. I mean, I don't think you said anything bad. No, I'll say this now. I think you've, I mean, look, others on this station have maybe gone a lot further. I don't think you are that. So when he flicked the mic away from you, I almost feel like it was to talk sport, That's what I took to it you. as. And if he did do it at me as well, yeah. then as he said, he was upset with me, then that's fine. But he can be upset with me. I have no issue with that. I, I mm. wish him well. It's as simple as that, you know? <laughs> it is okay. Uh, let's see. Anyway, let's see if we get an announcement. Do you think it will be Eubank Junior? Yeah, hundred percent. I'm hearing he's 100%. asking for very, very big money. That is a massive, controversial, very, very watched fight. By the way, if and when it happens, this yeah. is it, isn't it? Yeah, this is it. Um, I do wonder if um, I do wonder how Ben Shalom's feeling. He, he thought it was in the bank for Eubank versus Liam Smith too, which would have been a big fight. And now it looks like it's. It's not going to happen. Can, can we'll I, see. I know we've like got to go for this section, up. but can I just add, I do mm. feel there's something ethically and morally wrong about this fight taking place in Dubai, that's all. I'm going to be there covering it, because if a tree falls in the forest, does it make a sound? We need to be there to report it, like you do at war. I've just, I've, there's something, it's skirted the loopholes, that's all, and that's what concerns me. And I will, I'm happy you just mentioned this as well, what you just said there, but I will be covering it because I think boxing fans don't understand yeah. that. It, it's because you are not approving of it doesn't mean you don't I'm not going on a holiday. I'm things. not going to watch the fight yeah. to go on holiday. It's a job. It's not because I'm getting exactly. VIP ringside exactly. seats. It's my job. And I think you watching it and covering it doesn't mean you're exactly. giving it a thumbs up. It's just, I've got to do it. So yeah, I'm happy. That you, that you mentioned that. All right, you listen to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Next up, we are going to discuss two fighters who move promoters, Sonny Edwards and Jack Cattrall, how will that move impact their pursuit for big fights? And we have a big announcement of a major fight coming to Boxer, uh, a cruiserweight title fight. We'll let you know of the combatants involved when we come back. Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Myself, Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis. Gareth, let's start with uh, the big news that you've got for us uh, concerning a Cruiserweight World Title well, fight. What can you tell us? It's a brilliant fight for British boxing fans. Lawrence Acoli is going to defend his WBO Cruiserweight title against Chris Billum-Smith at Chris's home <laughs> uh, Bournemouth Football Stadium. Okay. Brilliant as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, no, no that's what I mean, that's what Chris Bill yeah. has been asking for, isn't it? He's been asking for the opportunity to to go and fight 
at the club that he supported since a kid. Um, stranger, isn't it? I mean, two friends. I'm guessing they were kind of friends, right? Both trained at the time by Shane McGuigan. And now they're going to get it on and fight. I mean, you know, Lawrence Cody asked, look, you know, you guys were laughing at my performance recently. Who wants the smoke? Come and get the smoke. And Chris Billingsworth has put his hand up and said, I'll take it. Um, do you give Chris Billingsworth a realistic chance? Yeah. Yeah, he's the number two challenger for the WBO. David Light was the number one challenger. I think maybe he's moved up to number one now. Richard Riat Paul's number three. I think. Do I give him a chance? Mm. Yeah, I do give him a chance. Um, Billum Smith's improved. He's game for a battle. He's going to give Lawrence a tough yes. night. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lawrence is coming off the back of that. I'm not sure if I said it on the show, but Johnny Nelson used to be. Um, told that he stank the place out when he was cruiserweight champion over 13 defences in seven or eight years it was. But as as Johnny rang me today and he said, it's brilliant. Everybody's saying Lawrence Ciccone stank the place out more than Johnny Nelson now against David Light. So yeah. I no longer hold that trophy. But um, I think Lawrence Ciccone and Chris Billum-Smith will be an altogether different fight. I'm going to give Billum-Smith a... He will. He will. That's right. He's he's grown in stature, Chris. You know, I remember speaking to Chris probably about five, six months ago. It might have even been longer before Lawrence Coley left the Shane McGuigan gym. Obviously, Chris Billum-Smith works for Shane McGuigan as well, doesn't he? Um, And they were really good pals. They sparred, you know, hundreds of rounds together. And I just suspect that I don't know if it's hundreds of rounds, but they've obviously sparred together. I just suspect when two guys are from the same gym and they know a lot about each other, it might equal out a lot of things, Addy, during the fight, you know? Mm. Yeah, no, no I, I agree. It's a it good is. matchup. And again, it continues the run of good fights that we've got coming up in the next few months. And hopefully, I mean, I'm not quite sure TalkSport are going to get the rights or want to cover it, but hopefully they do. Um, and we can... We can see Gareth A. Davis down the south coast. Shirt off on the um, beach in the afternoon before the, the fight. Top. Arm wrestling with you. Oh, no, it'll be a Sky. <laughs> no, you won't be there because it'll be Sky and Boxer, won't it? It'll be Sky and Boxer, so unfortunately. Unfortunately, I won't be there. There's a little <laughs> jab there. Um, let's, let's talk about the two sign-ins that um, Matram announced, the two big ones. There was a third. That was Shannon Ryan. Um, obviously, the link-up with 258 Management. But the two big ones, Jack Catchell and Sonny Edwards. Let, let's start with Jack Catchell. Um, I, it's weird now. Finally, Matram looked like they've taken a couple of Sky, or at least one Sky fighter. It's been Sky taking Matram fights for the last few months. But Jack Catchell, a good signing in the 140. Yeah, division. it's like um, it's like countries swapping spies at the moment, sending spies home, isn't it? From, <laughs> from over the Iron Curtain all those years ago. Um, yeah, they're both good signings. I mean, I think they're lining Jack Catchell up to face Regis Progre, aren't they? So that's that's a fight that deserves yeah. to really capitalise on. Um, and Sonny Edwards is a brilliant little fighter, isn't he? I mean, he looks unbeatable. Uh, at, what is he, lightweight or super... Uh, flyweight or super flyweight? Um, at fly. At uh, fly. Um, there's loads of brilliant little Mexicans. There's also... Um, yeah, Fai from Saturday Night. Galau, yeah, who I yep. think... He's such mm-hmm. a brilliant, aggressive, counter-punching southpaw, which is the best style in the world to have. Yusik has it. Vasil Lomachenko has it. Errol Spence has it. Um, a lot of the great fighters have had that style. Um, and uh, yeah, he'll be able to use Sonny as a um, as a crowd pleaser. Sorry, not as a crowd pleaser, as a, as an entertainer. He's, he's, he's as much mm-hmm. an entertainer as on social media and that, that way he takes people on as he is in the ring where he just mm-hmm. uses pure boxing skills and an, and an engine like a fox, basically. They never tires. Yeah. Um and there's no, there's a, they can do that fight with the, his fights with a legion of young aggressive Mexicans and I think it's it's brilliant. Because before this, I don't think before these signings, Eddie had run out of male world champions from Britain with, with Lee Woods. This yeah, is your segue. Not- with Lee Woods having lost to Mauricio Lara a couple of months back. And, and on Lee Wood, obviously, look, on Saturday, it was announced that Lee Wood's going to take on Marissa Lara um, in May. Again, May's a fantastic month, by the way, for the zone. I mean, it, I feel like I'm Mr. Company Man now, but we do have Canelo versus Ryder, which is free for UK and Ireland fans as part of your subscription. 
I'm really turning into a company man, actually. See, you've got that. You've got Chantel Cameron, Getty Taylor, big one. And now you've got Mauricio Lara, Lee Wood. Um, I spoke to Lee, um, not just in the ring, but outside. And I was like, dude, you had the opportunity of Josh Warrington, Kiko Martinez. Why have you gone straight back in with a guy that knocked you out? And he's like, Ade, I just want to be, I just want to be in the big fights. I just want the big fights. I want a chance to get my world title back. And if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But um, look, credit to both. Credit to Eddie for getting the fight done. But it's a risky, risky yeah, fight for Lee Wood. Two things I'll, I'll say to you there. You interviewed Lee Wood. And I spoke to Bronco in Espanol con para la estación de Talksport. Y teníamos un gran tiempo con este superestrella. Now, what I'm saying is, I was having to do that live as well, um, simultaneous translation. I spoke to Bronco. Um, what a physique he has as well. Um, he's a little guy, but he's Mate. so, he's just, he's just so hench, isn't he? Um, and, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, he's a superstar, I was saying, you know. Um, and she said he loves coming to the UK. It's his second home now. Um, and another thing I'm going to pick you up on is Lee wasn't knocked out by him, and I think that's crucial. That towel that came in with Ben okay. Davison, he was ahead True. in the fight yes, uh, by a couple of rounds, and Ben Davison saved him from a brutal knockout. And because of that, mm. even though Lee's a warrior and wanted to go out on his sword and on his shield... They know they can do better in the second fight. It is risky, but it's thrilling to think about again. Cannot wait to be there. Yeah, and if May wasn't good enough, we got the announcement of the undisputed lightweight title fight between Devin Haney and Vasily Lomachenko. We saw the face-off um, where Devin Haney looks a couple of weight classes above um, Vasily Lomachenko. And I just hope for fight fans, for Loma, that there still is a bit of magic sort of stardust that he can provide on the night. Devon will walk in as a favourite, younger, bigger, stronger, more confident. Loma didn't look good in his last fight, but I'm just hoping that Loma can just, just pull something out of the bag. I'm not saying win, but just not make it easy work I for I think Devon will pull away in the fight in the later rounds, in my view. I think it'll be very close to six or seven. Loma's made that mistake against, who is it, Tiafimo Lopez, where he just didn't get going for six rounds, if you recall. Yeah. Um... I just think age will catch up with him in this fight. He's been around a long, long time. He's a great servant to the game. His magician skills will keep him in there. I don't think he'll get stopped, but I think he'll lose it by eight rounds to four. Yeah. Um, if, if Devon does win, and we're expecting him to, Shakur Stevenson's fighting very soon as well, because they're both with top rank, do you think Bob could just get that one on straight away? I think he'll long that out again. I think it's an elongation process as well, mm -hmm. but... Given that Shaka Stevens up, is up there now, Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis are about to fight. It's something we should be having in the heavyweight division. There's seven or eight fights that could be made between those top five we've talked about tonight. Mention all their names. I hope we end up calling these 135-pound lightweight guys the five kings in about two or three years' time. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for downloading our Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're back every single Tuesday for more great content. And if you miss us, make sure you subscribe to Fight Night to catch up on all our other episodes. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Britain feels broken, but how do we fix it? Westminster just doesn't seem to have the answers, but we have found some people who do. Join me, journalist Becca Hudson, and me, the former MP Ed Vasey, for How I'd Fix. From the price of a pint to the housing crisis, this is the show where we take an alternative look at the problems plaguing the nation. And hear practical solutions from those in the know. Catch new episodes of How I'd Fix wherever you get your podcasts. Rebuilding Britain starts here.